Hey, welcome to the Danny Abel podcast, where I help you connect the dots between mindset, metabolism, nutrition, and fitness to help you easily understand complex health and wellness concepts. I'm thrilled you're here to listen to what I have to share. So let's dive right in. Hey guys, welcome to the episode. The best part about having your own podcast is uh, you can just decide, you know, when you're going to record an episode. And even if it's not under the perfect conditions, it doesn't really matter. So I'm on my way back from a lifting session with my new powerlifting coach. And I literally have like an hour in the car. And no, this episode is not going to be an hour long, but it's a perfect opportunity. I feel like I'm kind of in a dead zone. And so I can't listen to a podcast and I can, essentially I can stream nothing <laughs> on my phone to listen to on the way home. And I didn't really download any, you know, decent either podcasts or books before I left. So I was thinking on the way home and kind of just like reflecting back on my session. And I was like, you know, I've been wanting to do an episode on progressive overload and really simplifying that concept. Because if you're anything like I was in the past, maybe, you know, something that seems really basic is actually really hard to implement in real life. So I'm hoping to break the concept down into a more manageable understanding for you and then help you to apply it with your lifting as well. So we're going to go through kind of like the knowledge piece and then I'm going to give you some tools and some ideas on how you might be able to implement it within your program. So from the most basic perspective, progressive overload is literally just what it means. You are progressively overloading something as a part of your lifting program over the course of the associated lifting block. It could be a block, it could be a program, it could be a plan, whatever you want to call it. I think the most difficult thing for people to grasp, and this is honestly something that I used to struggle with a lot, is that when it comes to lifting and when it comes to, I should just say like when it comes to fitness and when it comes to nutrition, there is no exact way. Like it's going to be different for every single person, which I realize is honestly frustrating as hell. But it's more or less like when you start to embrace and like live in that a friend of mine calls it the gray zone. And I think it's such a great, a great way to describe what it is because the concepts, sure, they are kind of black and white. Like this is what it is. But when you think about implementing it, it's going to be different for every person. It's going to be different for me. It's going to be different for somebody who's also familiar with lifting, but like, you know, maybe has different goals. So As far as progressively overloading, the most basic way um, and the easiest to understand, I think, is to think about it as either overloading your amount of work, which would be considered volume, or overloading the intensity or how hard you're working over the course of the training program. I'm just going to refer to it as a block because that's just kind of what I do right now in the way that I program for my clients. I set up blocks of training. Um, Sometimes they are linear in fashion and other times they're more like what we call undulating where you have like higher volume and intensity on different days of the week. It's just going to be kind of like dependent on what their goals are. And I'm not going to get into that because that's just going to confuse you even more. So I'm just going to focus on the main topic at hand here, which is progressive overload. So the idea here is that at the beginning of a block, 
And I am going to go ahead and just use the linear progression model because I think it's easier to understand. And then once you understand the linear model, then it makes it easier to understand the undulating model. So the linear model is literally just what it sounds like in a stair-step style fashion or like in a ladder style fashion. You are starting at a lower amount and gradually over the course of that training block, working your way up towards either your top volume sets or your top load sets. And again, it's going to be different for each person um, and the type of training block that they are in. But let's talk about volume and let's talk about load or intensity. And let's talk about kind of like who would benefit from volume and who would benefit from load. So I'm going to give you two kind of avatars, if you will, to be able to grasp these concepts. And that way I can kind of apply the concepts and you can see based upon each person um, how it would be ideal for them. So the first person is going to be somebody who is either just getting back into lifting or someone who really has never really had a structured lifting approach before, kind of like just had, you know, like random YouTube videos that they would find, or maybe after they got down on the treadmill, they'd go and, you know, do some bicep curls and some tricep kickbacks or something, essentially a program that's like, you know, not necessarily optimal. And before I get into that, let's just talk about like a program. So a program is essentially a structured way where you are working the same movements and patterns over the course of that training block. The reason for this is because you want to maximize the amount of volume or load that is being applied to those muscle groups over the course of a week. So for example, you know, if you're doing one workout on Monday and another workout on Wednesday and another workout on Friday, those workouts, they, they probably do look a little bit different, but <clears throat> likely if you're lifting three days per week, then you're doing like a full body split, which means that you're lifting both upper and lower at the same time. And that way, three different times over the course of the week, those muscles are getting volume or they are getting load applied to them in a similar fashion. So it's not a matter of like more is better. It's more or less like trying to find what is going to be the amount that causes the adaptation that we want. So essentially causes the change in the body that we're looking for. And how do we manage fatigue? How do we make sure that that, push, that person is not pushing it so, so hard and too hard that they cannot adequately recover from that and so subsequent sessions during the course of their training block aren't actually creating an adaptation because they're so fatigued. And it's, it's sometimes hard to identify that because each person is a little bit different. But that is why, you know, you should, if you're working with a coach, the coach really should do like some type of like an intake or an assessment or something where they're kind of like either looking at your history or looking at maybe some of your training logs and seeing kind of like, you know, where are you at right now when it comes to lifting? Okay, I digress. So back to this example. So somebody who is um, maybe, let's just go with the example of not really ever followed a structured training program in the past. So that person is probably going to likely benefit more from volume. 
volume work. And the reason for this is because we want to kind of upregulate the neuromuscular connections, which is really just like working on form and technique and execution of the movements. Because if you don't get your form and your technique at least, you know, down pretty well, then it's going to be really hard to load those patterns. So volume over the course of the training block could look like increasing the number of sets. Um, that would be what I would recommend. That's the easiest way to do it. So if it's over the course of a six-week training block, which is usually what I program, uh, sometimes depending upon the goals of the client, then we'll have you know, four-week or five-week programs, but let's just use the six-week program. Hey guys, sorry to interrupt the episode, but I just wanted to let you know that my group coaching program, The Metabolism Mastermind, is coming soon. This is my signature group coaching program where I will be teaching you how to set up your macro and movement strategy. Now, this could be actual macros, calories and macros, or it could be macro portions using more of an intuitive eating style approach. It's designed to help you coach yourself and receive feedback on the plans and protocols that you design using my curriculum and tools. If you'd like to join the waitlist to be one of the first to know when it's available for registration, click the link in the podcast description to get on the waitlist. Now, let's get back to the episode. So over the course of the training block, you're going to gradually increase the number of sets. So for example, it might look like, you know, week one, like your major lifts, like your, your compound movements, maybe you're doing like two sets of all of those. And that could be things like squat, a hinge pattern, which could be like a hip thrust or a deadlift. It could be a pushing pattern, either an overhead press or like a dumbbell chest press, and then some type of a pulling pattern for upper body. And it could be like a row or it could be, you know, say a lat pull down or something like that. So those are going to stimulate more or create, I should say, more fatigue for that individual because essentially you've got more muscles working in order for that load to be moved. Versus your accessory movements, typically it's just a single joint exercise, like a leg curl, you're just bending at the knee. Um, For example, if you were doing like a bicep curl, you know, it's just going to be bending at the elbow. That's going to be less fatiguing than those main compound movements would be. So maybe during week one, you've got like two sets of all of your main compound movements. And then maybe you have three of your accessory movements. But here's the kicker. For that very first week of your program, you're going to want to purposefully not lift extremely heavy. So like, you know, even if you can bicep curl the 25s for reps, you're not going to want to do that in the first week or two of your block. You purposefully pull it back. And I'll get into more of, you know, why this is at a later time here in the episode, but that's a key piece that a lot of people miss. You know, they go to the gym and they're like, well, if I can do the 25s, like why wouldn't I just do the 25s all the time? And the reason for that is, well, I'm I'm just going to go into it now because it's perfect time is because if 25s are relatively hard for you, you know, that's going to cause a fair amount of fatigue on your body. Like it's going to be strenuous. And so your body's going to have to recover from that. But because that's close to like, you know, your max volume or like your max load, 
then it's going to be hard to go up from there because you're already kind of pushing the envelope. And, you know, when you're pushing it, your body has to spend more time and has to use more energy in order to repair the structures that you're tearing down. So it eventually gets to the point where like there is a point of no return because you're constantly pushing it too hard. And so you, you can't make a lot of forward progress. So there is a reason behind pulling back in those first couple of weeks of your training blocks, which are usually referred to as a deload. Um, if you have not been lifting for a while, you know, technically it's not a deload. It's more or less just like starting with a little bit lower volume, because if you've not been lifting and you just get thrown into like, you know, three and four sets of everything, like you're going to feel like shit and it's going to be hard for you to complete, you know, the rest of your sessions for the week. And certainly you're not going to make it through a six week block of that. All right. So from week one to week two for this client who is relatively new to a training program, you know, what they would probably do is for that week two, maybe you go up on one, maybe two of your compound movements to three sets, but then you leave the others at two and then leave your accessories at three. And then for that third block or the third week, excuse me, you know, maybe you're feeling a little bit better and you're feeling well recovered. You're feeling ready for your training sessions then maybe at that time you would go ahead and go all the way up to three sets of all of your main lifts. And then your accessories would still stay at three. And then for that fourth week of your block, um, maybe you bump up a couple of your accessory movements up to four sets. Um, and you just kind of, you're progressively adding over the course of the training block. And what you notice in me explaining this is that I'm not, increasing all of the sets on all exercises every week. That's going to be a lot more volume for somebody to have to manage. Um, it's going to be too much. So this is kind of where like less is more because you will be able to recover well. And when you're well recovered, then you're going to be able to put in more effort and create more adaptations with each subsequent training session. All right, so let's talk about like a second client who maybe is a little bit different. The second client is, um, is example anyway, this avatar would be somebody who is very familiar with lifting and, you know, has been lifting for, let's just say like two or three years plus, um, is comfortable with all of the exercises and has kind of everything else well managed, um, but really hasn't necessarily worked on either load progressions or different types of like movement progressions that would increase time under tension for main lifts. Like for example, it could be adding pauses into compound movements. It could be adding eccentrics, which would be where you have like a very slow descending portion of the lift, you know, for example, squat, it would be like a very slow descend to the bottom of your squat and then coming back up, things like that. Um, you could even do isometric holds at the top, depending upon what it is, that kind of a thing. But you get the idea here. So it could be with load or it could be increased intensity by manipulating the tempo of the movements. 
All right. So for this particular person, the way that they might progress their training block would be to gradually increase the intensity of their program over the course of, you know, the four, five, six weeks, whatever it is. And it's going to look very similar to what I explained with the client who was focusing on a volume-based overload. But instead of volume in the form of sets, the majority of it will come from the load or the weight that they are selecting week to week to week. So the difference here is if you are tracking your intensity by either percent of your one rep maxes for your main lifts, or if you are tracking it based upon RPE, which is going to be rating of perceived exertion, or if you are using like RIR, which is reps in reserve, all three of those are fine. There's different applications for each one, and that's not the purpose of this episode. I'll have to do something else on that, but those are different ways of assigning intensity. And so the same concept here, you would not want to progress every single one of those exercises every single week. So pick a couple to progress for the next week and increase your load on a couple exercises each week over the course of the block. And just like I was explaining in the volume example, in the first couple of weeks of your training block, when it comes to load, you are purposefully going to pull the load back. Like even if you can squat, I don't know, you know, 145 for reps or 155 for reps or whatever, you might start your training block at 115. Uh, you know, maybe it's 120, depending upon, you know, how many weeks you're going and what other movements you have incorporated and things like that. But right there is where most people get it wrong. And it's not like, I even hate using that word because it's not like they get it wrong. It's just that they just don't know any better, right? It's like, if you want to produce an adaptation, like get stronger, build more muscle, et cetera, then, you know, it only makes sense that in order to do that, like we kind of have to be lifting, you know, fairly heavy, but it's, it's very, it's very time dependent. So you can't just, you know, lift kind of heavy over the course of six weeks it's going to create too much fatigue for you and you get burnout. out. And usually one of two things happens. One, you get tired and burn out and your motivation tanks because you feel like shit and then you can't show up for the sessions or two things happen. You just keep lifting like that. And then by the end of the block, you've only jumped like, you know, 10 pounds or something or 15 pounds. And you're like, well, this is going to take forever, you know? So, those are the basics. Like that's kind of like the foundation, if you will, for progressive overload. Obviously there's tons and tons of tons of different approaches, um, lots of nuance, but from a simplification perspective, hopefully that was helpful in allowing you to see, you know, two different examples and how that progressively can be overloaded over the course of your training blocks. So if you have any specific questions, as always, you know how to reach out to me, either send me a DM on Instagram, or you can always email me at info at soul-soar.com. But otherwise, I hope the episode was helpful for you. I'm almost home, so perfect timing. And I hope it helps you to get a little farther ahead. Well, that wraps up another episode of the Danny Abel podcast. 
If you're enjoying the show and you haven't already, consider subscribing and leaving me a five-star review. If you love the episode, screenshot it, share it to your story, and tag me. And lastly, if you have any questions, send me a DM and I'll see if I can help. Thanks again for listening. Take care.